Bienvenidos, everyone, to DCTBD, produced by One Love Massive. Um, we are coming. We are coming to you live from the One Love Massive Creative Factory in the Shaw neighborhood, Washington D.C., across the street from the historic Howard Theater. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Ian Taranji. I'm an immigration lawyer here in the DMV, and also a member of One Love Massive Collective Group, the Lucky So and Sos. Uh, I'm just going to go on and say the premier jazz hip hop band in the DMV. Damn. So let me introduce my co-host first here tonight, the exquisite Michelle Bush. Michelle, how are you? I am wonderful this that, evening. That is great. Great to hear. Michelle, tell our audience a little bit about yourself. Well, I make it really simple and really quick. I am all things District of Columbia. Uh, I am the owner and founder of Event Solutions DC. I'm a social media junkie, lover of jazz and social justice, power to the people. And mm. everything that I say, views are mine. I don't like it if you don't like it. There it is. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. And seated next to Michelle is our other co-host, the venerable Marcus K. Dowling. Venerable, I like it. I like Today it. is a very capital. special day. Very special day for Marcus. Yes. It is, it is your 40th birthday. It I is indeed my 40th birthday. sold you out as... Look, look, I didn't, look. I didn't, just, I didn't just do I'm, the birthday. I'm, I'm, I'm like 40. The Appar number. Apparently, this is, this is happening. Um, I am a... Oh, there it is. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm a I'm a journalist. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a broadcaster. I've written for Pitchfork, Vice, Complex, Red Bull, all the places where like the cool words go. I like to say. Yeah. That's I've written for all those places. I'm in the top one percent of writers on Medium. I uh, also am the creative uh, director at Decades Nightclub, uh, twelve nineteen Connecticut Avenue Northwest, Washington D.C. Twelve thousand square foot retro theme nightclub. I also, as well, have a political science degree. And that's the thing that a lot of people don't know about me. So when you when you hear me on DCTBD, I actually get to blow the dust off of this <laughs> this this eighteen year old <laughs> certificate that hangs on my mother's wall. So this, so, will be, this will be good. So so proud. So, so proud. proud. Well, a very, very happy birthday to you, Marcus. Thank you, sir. You want me to sing? Later. Okay. We could do a little Stevie Wonder later. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll get it on later. I just want <laughs> I just want people to know I got a bottle of champagne for Marcus's 40th birthday, and we damn, if we're not if we're not popping that bottle, we gonna pop on air, on air. Oh, straight. So, Mama, I made it. <laughs> okay, so what the hell is this show? You know, my my hope is that uh, you know we can have interesting, wide ranging discussion on a number of topics. You know, we'll talk politics for sure. Mm. Right. Um, this is the center of the political universe, not this table necessarily. But no, but it this, is though. But this city. But it, but it really is though. Okay. Yeah. What you say. <laughs> yeah. That's what I said. Uh, you know, so we'll talk everything: national politics, DC, DMV politics. We'll also talk culture, art, music, food. You know, whatever, whatever it is we want to talk about. Oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. There it is. We're this gonna, is, this is the bottle. Let's, let's this keep is it. the bottle that we're popping. Yeah, let's keep it Let's keep it moving now. Let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. Let's All keep right. It moving. Hmm. So, you know, really anything that we find interesting, we're yes, going yes, yes. to discuss. Uh, so the format's going to be typically like a first segment of, you know, big news um, of the week. Second segment, you know, I'm hoping where we can deep dive on a topic. Uh, maybe sometimes bring in a guest to discuss uh, and, 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 and kind of almost in an interview format. We'll do a third topic, uh, I'm sorry, a third segment, which will be the Bish Sesh. Mm. And bish. the way that works, well, we'll explain it when we get there, but we each throw out our Bish that we want to rant about, and then we vote on which one we're going to discuss. Right. And our last segment, my favorite thing that I saw this week, we'll each put forth something we saw this week. It can be political, cultural, viral, personal, whatever. Um, but something that just put a smile on your face this week, 
So, guys, I'm super excited to be doing this. I, I am I am thankful to the good love good people at One Love Massive. Uh, but I'm especially What's up, Molly. Hey, Molly. What's up, Molly? Hey, lady. It was really good. And Mike, Nick. Um, hey guys. No Mike for like six years. It's beautiful to be back in a, a studio setting with with. My man, Mike. It is all beautiful people here at One Love. Um, I'm especially thrilled to be doing this with you guys. I really am. Um, you know, Marcus and I, we don't, we don't go way back necessarily, but, but I consider you a, a good friend. We've oh, been, same here. We've been, on, we've been on several Chunky Glasses podcasts. Uh, shout out to shout Kevin. Shout out to Kevin. Shout out to Kevin. Um, those are always, always a great time. Um, and Michelle, we've, we've only just recently met. I feel like we've known each other for years. Yes. Like literally, I'm not even... Michelle not just even, has that way. She has that way. You and, know, uh, like, I, I'm a good bowl of potato salad. <laughs> a good bowl of potato you know, no, no raisins. No raisins. No raisins. Karen, let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your raisins away from my good, good hope road potato yeah. salad. Yeah. Good hope road. So just really quickly, for those people who used to listen to Insert Name Here, and I'm speaking to both of you, um, which was a politics podcast I co-hosted with uh, my good friend Scott Remley. Um, there's a lot of the same format because uh, I felt like that format worked. You know, Scott is an election professional who runs campaigns, and in case you didn't know, this is actually a campaign year, so he's mm. super busy, and yeah. and uh, I think that gave us an opportunity to bring in some different voices to talk about uh, politics. But I'm hoping that we'll get Scott on and and kind of talk about 2018 and sort of how. How people can turn energy and enthusiasm into like December, Scott. Positive change in November. It's a must. Um, that there is a must. So, so let's get it started. Yes, uh, yes. The title of our episode tonight is Forecast Stormy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but what's so funny is. Did you see the way that the weather was today? <laughs> and just, just, just so, so apropos. There's been apropos. a lot of stormy weather in D.C. lately. There's been apropos. a lot of stormy. A lot of stormy weather in D.C. Yeah. We're. I, I don't want to. Well, I mean, pendulous bosoms. <laughs> yeah. What I really want to talk about was the whole issue <clears throat> with with Hi. with Michael Cohen, who is ostensibly President Trump's lawyer slash fixer. It's consigliere. Consigliere. It's That's the only word. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Can somebody I, please spell it? He fancies C O N S I G L I E R E. I knew it was. I knew you yeah. were going to do that. I was a sixth grade spelling bee champion. You know. If he didn't, I was, I was going a three time <laughs> spelling bee champion in elementary school, sir. Uh-oh, All I know is I remember in Mrs. Huggins' class, uh, for those that went to Washington Mill, nobody could spell business. So. <laughs> <laughs> and that was like in the fifth grade. So. How many, how many Z's are in business? Mm, I don't know, but somebody put in a couple. Yeah, it wasn't me. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Love it. So uh, on April 9th, it's, 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 it's been a little while, but, but I feel like uh, it's kind of like a slow burn with this story. April 9th, um, the FBI raided Michael Cohen's home, his office, and his hotel room. I don't know why you keep a hotel room in the same city as your home or your office. Well, actually, I, I mean, I have some ideas, but... <laughs> the same ideas. <laughs> Maybe I've answered my own question. I think my eyes are giving that one away. <laughs> Shout out to Noma. <laughs> mm, mm, that mm. little strip by Union Station. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not speaking out of turn. No, no. no. That, that's what really happens. <laughs> really? $119 so. a night. Yes. On that very same day, our our president, uh, Donald J. Trump, was at a meeting with military brass, the National Security Council. They were there to discuss what were response options to a chemical weapons attack in Syria that, uh, by all accounts, was launched by uh, Bashar al-Assad. Um, 
And in the middle of this meeting, you know, because press is there, he starts talking about how the feds, quote unquote, broke into his attorney's office. I mean, they didn't break into anything. They had a search warrant <laughs> that was signed by a federal judge. Um, and we'll talk about, because that's actually fairly extraordinary to have a search warrant for an attorney's office. Um, As an attorney, I'm sure that you have a, a certain awareness <laughs> of how strange this would be. It, it's, it would be very strange. I can honestly say I've never uh, been in an office and certainly never had my office raided by the feds. And knock on wood that that there it is. I've my, just read that unbroken streak continues. I've right. just read reports. Yeah. That's <laughs> all I've done. But but I think what what they're what they're what the feds were really looking for was some evidence of these payments to Stormy Daniels. For those who have been hiding under a rock and are not aware, um, Stormy Daniels is the nom de plume, if you will, of uh, Stephanie Stephanie Clifford. I guess nom de plume would be more like your your a name you'd use to write, yeah. more so than a name mm-hmm. you use to make porn. Uh, mm. but we'll I mean, that's a, that's a style of writing, a style a of creativity. Yeah, it's creative. It is erotic. Walks, in, it walks is. into kitchen. Erotic creativity. Bends over <laughs> to open cabinet. Cable guy comes over to fix cable. Uh, right. <laughs> I love it. So My mother is so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I know. I know. You told your mom to t- to tune in, and and here we are talking. Hi, mom. Talking hey. porn. Talking Maybe. porn. So Ms. Daniels uh, apparently had an affair with Donald Trump in 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Cohen, because he is a very very smart man. Uh, admitted to paying her $130,000 before the election to stay quiet about said affair. Um, and that's potentially a violation of federal law. Maybe. What? Possibly. Now, and wasn't it a lien that he... Poss- there's, that's, that, that notion has been floated as well, yeah. yeah. which then brings up the possibility of bank fraud or wire fraud. Well, and all of these... Federal okay. crimes. So the thing to me that I find the most intriguing about the whole Stormy Daniels situation is that this is the long tail, I feel, of the federal government building a case against Donald Trump having access to the Russians. Because the only way that you can stop Donald Trump is by attacking his core. And you have to almost confuse them in order to efficiently attack them. And the easiest manner to attack them and confuse them is by saying that the person that they support is directly related to the Russians. And if you can create the long tail tie of $130,000 that comes from you know, a, a, a Russian dignitary through, through the banks, and that's where the fraud is, into Michael Cohen's bank account, mm-hmm. and he's saying he's paying off his, his home, which there's a lien against, but in all reality, that money is being funneled into the bank account, you know, some kind of Swiss bank account, some kind of like offshore Bahamian bank account to Stormy Daniels. Who's dancing in Baltimore? Is it this weekend? <laughs> this, no, she'll actually be even better. She'll be at Cloakroom when it opens the first weekend in June, June 21st. My Lord. Cloakroom.com, you know. <laughs> I might know that. I might know some people, but, you know, these are things. Um, but no, so just, just you know, fourth in... Uh, Fourth and T, I think, Northwest? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, so, so I mean, these are I'm, all actually... I'm, I'm not familiar with these yeah, places. That's good, that's good. Yeah. You don't want to be. <laughs> you're, you're a lawyer. You're a man of the law. Yeah. 
But um, you know, but I mean, the president clearly is is familiar with these places and familiar with these people. <laughs> oh, very familiar. Right, but right. I, but I think that's the that's the main issue is that they're attempting to create this long tail tie to the Russians with Stormy Daniel or or every single or or every single one of these stories that will be coming out because the easiest way to counteract what Trump is doing with the the subterfuge method is by continuously creating this link between every like salacious thing that Donald Trump does, because that's the only stuff that moves eyes. Right. Are the salacious things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The non salacious things like, you know, you know, like like not fixing Puerto Rico. Mm. Which again is without power, by the way. You know, like those things don't move eyes. Is it time for the bish? Spoiler. Yeah, spoiler, <laughs> spoiler alert. alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. There it is. Spoiler. But that's what I'm saying. Like that's that's the long tail issue. Every single issue ties back to to Russia in some way, yeah. so that they could continuously point at it and point at it and point at it until they could move enough of the population. And it's not that there's going to be a great debate or there's going to be some kind of great revolutionary action. It's just the fact that you want to get people annoyed. Mm-hmm. Because when people get annoyed, then this leads them in their local elections to possibly not vote Republican. And, you know, you have, like, a midterm election that's coming. And then in two more years, you have the, the next presidential election. Right. And by that point, ideally, they'll have the big sledgehammer that they can, like, swing and knock out the Republican Party. Yeah. Which, which I mean, this seems like the most, like, absurd way to go about taking out a standing U.S. president. I mean, the Republican Party is certainly, when there were Democrats in office, done far simpler things. But <laughs> this is where we're at right now. Yeah. And so you're creating these long tail ties that every single time, again, go back to the Russians are bad, mm-hmm. Donald Trump is bad, mm-hmm. there's money that's involved, mm-hmm. we have proof. And Mike Pence is pacing the floor. Just hanging out. Chilling. <laughs> What's up, y'all? It's like y'all, so, don't, y'all don't want me. So, Michelle, what are you, what are your thoughts on 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 everything that's going on? What's your what's your read on this? You know, I've I've said it, and I'll and I'll say it again. It's the walls are closing in, but I just don't feel like they're going to crumble. I feel like we're 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 at a maze right now. Yeah, we're we're at the maze, and it's and it's November. And we're just going in circles and squares and triangles. And it's connecting. Right. Dots are connecting. Yeah. Money is is connected. Look, this is what happened with the election. Yes, the Russians were involved. Poor Facebook just got all jacked up. And but but where there's nothing key to say, okay, it's time to take this person down. It's time to take that person down. When it flashed across my screen that his office that Comey's office had berated it was just like okay what's next yeah what's yeah. tomorrow you know and, and I'll say it again you know we're, we're looking at the the day-to-day because we're so sucked in to what's yeah. happening daily that we're not looking at the midterms are coming up mm-hmm. nobody has spoken about all of the Republicans the GOP that are not seeking re-election yep Paul Ryan is just like like we need to I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> but but my problem Gotta is go. but my problem is is that 
they're saying, oh, I'm out. I'm not seeking re-election. But they're not stepping up to the plate to say, we have a problem. This is the reason why I'm not seeking re-election. Well, some have. Some have. A but few. it's been, it's been, it's been very it's been, few, To very me, few. it's been very muted. There's so I, I listen to a couple of politics podcasts, and I'm, I, I try my best not to, not to crib too much material from those guys. But uh, the guys at Crooked Media, they have a whole thing about like Russia and Mueller and all of this tawdry bu- right. bullshit, um, which is this. It, it, it's important to know, to get to the bottom of whatever happened, whatever criminality has taken place. I think at this point it's 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 hard to imagine a world where no criminality has taken place. But if we we can't sit around and say, well, Mueller's going to take care of it, and you know he's going to bring the sledgehammer down, and he's going to perp walk Trump out of the Oval Office, like that's not going to happen. No. That's not going to happen. Um, the way to get rid of Trump is to vote his fucking ass out. Um, and before we get a chance to vote his, his ass out. We need to get a Democratic Congress in there that can check him. Um, you know, I don't think Democrats need to be running around the country saying we're going to impeach Trump. I think what they need to say is we're going to hold him accountable. Mm-hmm. We're going to investigate. We're going to find out what happened. And then if impeachment is appropriate, fucking A, we're going to impeach him. Well, let me ask this question. Do we really think, and I'm being very serious, do we think that we'll ever get the real story of how all of this happened, one hundred and ten percent. I think I think we're gonna get I think we're gonna get pretty yeah. close because um, you know Robert Mueller is uh, a spectacular attorney. Uh, he headed the FBI for many years. Like he is, and he is putting together the A team of investigators and prosecutors. Um, and he is, you know, this is th- this is one of these things where, and 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 I, you know, I'll, I'll I'll go on record. I'm not. Uh, I have never been a, a prosecutor, federal, state, or otherwise. Um, I've done some criminal defense work, but I've, but I've also been involved in some cases that have involved uh, DOJ investigations. And typically, what happens is those investigations mushroom, and 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 you know, you have this rabbit hole. You you find this you find this email chain or something like that, and that can take you down a whole other rabbit hole of wait a second, now they're. You know, now they're using the the wire. You know, now they're using the mail to, uh, uh, you know, to further this criminal conspiracy. Well, is that's wire fraud? You know, what I mean, yeah. so any any rabbit hole that they see, they're going to go down. Mm-hmm. And the problem is that they're collecting. So, I mean, I'm sure that there's some kind of cork board with red string. In, of course, I'll, I'll, <laughs> in, I'll, I'll, in, I'll connect in this. some war room. I mean, they, 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 yeah. you know, there's there's a lot of issues at play, um, and you know. You, you see conservatives, you see Trump kind of wanting to limit the scope of this investigation. Like, I want to blow it up. I want to know everything. I want to know everything this guy did. If he killed a hooker and Cohen had to chop her up and put her in the Hudson, you know, I want to know Dead about that. hooker removal fee, man. Oh. It's a thing. And Is let's be real. That's not... It's not out of the realm of possibility. Not out of the realm of possibility. But here, here's, my, here's, here's something to tie us back to D.C. for people who are, you know, D.C. fanatics who, who tuned mm-hmm. in to live.onelovemassive.com. <laughs> two, two people to bring up in this conversation because the, 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 the key point I want to bring up is that the easiest way to perpetuate a lie is by telling the truth. So, Rachel Edmonds and Marion Barry. In the <laughs> 1980s. Oh, boy. Did really bad things. <laughs> All the time, but you knew the whole time exactly what was going on. Right. Like, exactly to the letter. Like, every night on the evening news, Rachel Edmonds 
is selling drugs in Southeast Washington, <laughs> D.C. It is happening every night. There's like video cameras in Berry Farms of like, these are drug deals that are happening. These are Rafael Edmonds drugs. Rafael Edmonds not caught ever. Every now in the evening news, Marion Berry has, you know, like moved, moved federally solicited funds from the, uh, from educate, from the education budget to he's going to San Diego for the Super Bowl. Yeah. At no point was he ever arrested. It was it was only until they found his jump off, <laughs> and they put her in a hotel room. The bitch sent me right, and that never affected his popularity. Exactly, in this city. but and that's well, the point. She really did set him up. Of course, they did. <laughs> really did. But set that's him the up. thing. The easiest way is to, the easiest way to perpetuate a lie is by telling the truth at all times. So we will one hundred and ten percent know every single detail of this entire story. I think we will. Every, and, and it will affect nothing because at the end of the day, the actual person who is guilty is so surrounded by truth that you, you can't get him because you already know that he's guilty. Yep. Like if you, if, so like if somebody, so if there's somebody who like, you know, shoots someone with a gun, right? And you've seen it. And you walk up to this person and you say, are you guilty? You already know. There's <laughs> no, no need to ask. Right. So it's like you should just walk up to this person and arrest them. Yeah. Asking the question is only belaboring the point and giving them more space to put more truth between themselves and justice. And he's just chomping at the bit. So Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually think that, that the Marion Barry analogy is great. I'm sure that there were a bunch of Reagan Justice Department people. I mean, this was the Reagan years. I'm sure there were a bunch of conservatives. Joseph DeGeneres. Here, here in D.C. who are like, oh, okay, finally. Now these now these people, those people in D.C. are going to turn on Barry. Absolutely, <laughs> it's Absolutely like, and, not. And I got to say, I was at Adrian Fenty's inaugural, and the loudest cheer of the night by far, by far, because they introduced the, the entire council before um, they introduced, uh, 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 at the time, Mayor Fenty. Uh, was Marion Barry. Shout out to the great Ward 8. And he will still get the loudest cheer. Still to this day. Still, still to, to this, this day. day. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to talk about Kendrick Lamar. Loyalty, loyalty, loyalty.
And we're back. Welcome back to DC TBD. This is our inaugural, inaugural uh, uh, pod, show, whatever the hell this is. <laughs> Ouch. Um, we are live on, on, on the One Love Massive site, which is live.onelovemassive.com. We are live on Facebook. We are live on YouTube. Um, we're just all the way live. We're all the way live. All the way live. All the way live. That's exactly <laughs> right. That live. is exactly right. So, like I said earlier, you know, we're not just going to talk politics. We will talk uh, uh, other stuff. So, I'm going to call this segment for the culture. For the culture. Because I want to talk about I want to talk about the great, great, great Kendrick Lamar. Um, Just this week, he was awarded the Pulitzer Prize for music, and this is a this is a monumental thing that he's the first hip hop artist. He's really the first non classical, non jazz artist to yeah. win the Pulitzer for music. And frankly, the, the jazz, there have only been, I think, three. I mean, they've been giving away, they've been giving out, not giving away, giving out the, the Pulitzer for music, I think, for like 73 or 75 years. Yeah. And we've had three, uh, if, I'm cor- if, I'm, if I'm recalling correctly, there were three uh, jazz performers who have won Pulitzers. One is Wynton Marsalis, one is Ornette Coleman, and the third is, I, I'm not sure. And so this year in 2018, uh, Kendrick Lamar won it for his work on on his most recent album, Damn. And my good friend Marcus Dowling wrote a tremendous, tremendous piece. Thank uh, you. And, and I'm not just saying that because, because he made the exact same point that I made on social media <laughs> like 15 minutes before I read his article. Um, but but it actually, I think was was superbly well, uh, superbly written. Thank and, you. And and um, it was beautiful. Thank yeah, you. I really I really enjoyed it. So why don't you tell us a little bit about All what right. what so, you what 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 were you, what were your big takeaways from so, Kendrick winning the Pulitzer? So here's one of those funny things. Like when when you get to a certain level of medium, they're just like, hey, um, just write, <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, okay, great, green light, I'm gonna go. So like, anybody can write on Medium, but once you become like a member, and then once you become like a member with like certain access, certain privileges, like you're like okay, like just just put it out there. So I woke up on Tuesday morning, and uh, Monday afternoon uh, the Pulitzers were announced, and Kendrick Lamar won for Damn. And um, I'm a fan of Kendrick Lamar's, I'm a huge fan of Kendrick Lamar's. Mm-hmm. I interviewed I interviewed Kendrick in November of 2000 or 2010. At a Gentleman Jack event at the Mellon Auditorium. So this is pre-Good Kid, Mad City. This is Section 80 yeah. was out, and mm-hmm. he was just about to get signed. I met Punch, the whole, like, TDE team, like, very early on. And, you know, like, one, funny funny aside from that, that meeting, I I realized even then, and I'm like, you're, like, really, like, verbose and intelligent and intellectual and aware. And so I'm like, what was your favorite book, book growing up? Because my favorite book growing up was like Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison, and it like influences everything that I do. So I was like, "Yeah, like, what's your favorite book?" And he's like, "Well, I don't really read. I just kind of like respond to my environment." He's mm. so smart. And I'm like, <laughs> and it was like the most. It was like okay, and then you start to see his career unfurl. Yeah. And this becomes readily apparent that this is what he does. So damn one and damn to me is the most mainstream record that Kendrick has ever released. Agreed. Which, given Kendrick's intellectual spin on how he creates music, thus makes it the least good of his releases. They're all great, but this one is less great. Um, It's the one I listen to the least. Right. So, Certain songs. Right. So I feel like 
there's a thing that happened when he released uh, Tapuma Butterfly in 2015. Uh, the thing that makes Tapuma Butterfly great is that it's the literal history of black culture in 80 minutes of music. Yeah, that album, it was a game changer. That That is one of my all-time favorite hip-hop records, like, ever, yes. ever, ever. Yes. But the thing about doing that is that black people and black culture at that point especially were so marginalized and you know like there was like we had the the, the murder of Trayvon Martin we had the murder of uh, you know Tamir Rice mm-hmm. we had uh, Sandra Bland around that time so many names right so you you know like shout out the gloss rags Randy Gloss and counting you know it's, it's a thing that was happening so to put out a record that is so based in the pride and decency and kindness and strength of a culture at a point where at the forefront this culture is maligned is difficult. Yeah. Because people, okay, so the thing about human psychology that plays in this as well, people don't like to be sad. No. And one of the realest things about rap music is that the two things that, that the average person, black, even, even black people included, enjoy about rap is that rap makes you angry or rap makes you super happy, happy to the point happy to a whole other level of happiness yeah. like like you know like celebratory Her- right like herman's hermits can make you happy <laughs> but well juicy j's bands of maker dance making somebody happy. right makes you happy on a whole different other level so yeah. and this also plays into the fact that, that like trap music people don't understand the thing that makes trap music great, and I, and I want to make sure to like pull this out because I, I want people to it's read the, the hi hat sound, the right? But it's it's number one that sound, but it's the fact that when you do it with a synthesizer, with a level of mechanical precision that is meant to hit the human ear and hit the human psyche in a certain way repeatedly every single time. It's it's science at that point. It's not even music. He just broke down music uh, to the four-year-old over here <laughs> in the corner who has an ear for music, and I'm just sitting here like, say what? Yeah. So uh, you, you, it's like that level of me- that level of mechanical, like production of music, creates a sound that is. More so than punk rock, more so than rock and roll, more so than jazz, blues, whatever, is literally the most connective pop music ever made, ever, of all time, all my life, all of our lives, by, by a large margin. Like, you, know, you have to go back to like Beethoven yeah. to find something that like connects on that level. So I'm going to step in real quick. If you want to hear Marcus's take on trap music and <laughs> the way it came out of the Atlanta strip club scene yes. you need to go find the episode of Chunky Glasses the podcast where they talked about future. the future yeah god the future double album yeah the that future, was fun the future double album that was fun that, that was, was a fun. lot of fun to do so that was fun yeah. but 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 like the 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 point that i made on social media and I, and and that i think um is a point that you echoed it in your in your in your piece, well, I guess not echoed because you probably wrote it before I did my okay. social media thing. We were said, writing at the same time. Though. I said, I said, I said, <laughs> it, and it's I was great. Just waiting. It's great that Kendrick Lamar won the Pulitzer 
but he should have won it for It's Pimp a Butterfly and Not Damn. I mean, I can tell you as someone in a jazz hip-hop band, like, he made the album I wish I would have written. I wish I would have written those songs because they're so rich. It's it's such a it's a it's it's a brilliant album and and, and I could I could I could go on and on I'll, and on I'll, about it. I'll say this about to pimp a butterfly, and I say this all the time, and people look at me like I'm nuts, but it's the absolute truth. It's the best, specifically speaking to the black audience album, released in 45 years since Marvin Gaye did What's Going On. <laughs> I was just about to say What's mm -hmm. Going On, like. 45 years went by, and millions of great black albums came out that spoke yeah. specifically to the black condition. Like, and, and it's intriguing because like, he's a fan of N.W.A. He's a fan of, and, uh, and, that's an, and that's a group that made, again, black music that spoke to the black condition in a way that people, right. if you were not black, you felt alien listening to Fuck the Police. Because mm -hmm. it's not about you. And To Pimp a Butterfly is that same kind of record, but there's a thing about culture by 2015, and even now, we've given out black cards to the entire world. I'm tired <laughs> of giving them out. <laughs> I want some of them back. Right, to the entire world. Like, Ian, you have one, and Diplo has one, and Molly has one, <laughs> and, you know, like, like the, 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 the barista at... You know, Compass Coffee down the street has one, and my two roommates have them. Everybody has a black card. You know, it's like Oprah, like opened up the, the, the wallet and gave them all out to everybody. And you have one, and you have one, and you have one. But the problem is that we used to give out black cards. You had to like study the culture and like know the culture like backwards and forwards, and you got yeah. tested on it every single day to the level where like if you had a black card, you, you, you could literally like you could, you, you're always invited to the family reunion. Well, Robin uh, Thick, he has to give his back. Um, <laughs> yeah. You, do you hear that, Robin? You got to give it back. It's, you it's true. Give back. So that's the thing, though, is that Kendrick made an album at a point where everybody has a black card, but no yeah. understanding of black culture. Right. Like a like a true, deep, in, entrenched, mm -hmm. ingrained understanding. So when Kendrick Lamar is sampling, you know, when he's sampling. Uh, James Brown and sampling Miles Davis and the Isley Brothers and going deep into even like 40 years ago, like that black tradition. People don't know. And yeah. you can't be mad mm. at like the average white person who votes for the Pulitzer. And I'll say, I'll specifically point out the white people that vote for the Pulitzer. Like, you can't be mad at these people for not knowing that I is, has a live, has, has whatever Isley, like, it's not Ron, yeah. but it's. It's, I, I'm not sure which Isley. Yeah, the Isley it, that is the guitarist. they're playing live. Is playing live. Is playing, is playing, um, who's that lady? Live. Which is the thing that if you are a black person, you hear this, you're like, yes, mm -hmm. that is me being, as me coming up, through the speakers the, yeah. and grabbing me and pulling me in. My parents always made me listen to 80s R&B in the car, yeah. on the way to church, on like, the way to school. So you can't be mad when Kendrick, to his credit, Kendrick Lamar and the entire TDE team, shout out to the whole team, yep. realized, okay, so we made, this, we made literally the greatest black album of all time. The greatest. And zero white people cared. Everybody listen, and the, the title of my article relates to this uh, scene in White Men Can't Jump with... Uh, 
Yeah, with uh, with uh, Jimmy and uh, <laughs> with Jimmy and Sydney in the car, and it's like you know he's playing the Jimi Hendrix. He's like, and Sydney says to Jimmy, "You can listen to Jimmy, but you don't hear you don't Jimmy, hear meaning that you don't feel the music. You don't have an intrinsic pull to the music." Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, so Kendrick's like, "Okay, cool. So if you guys want to listen to this record." Awesome, man. Everybody listened to Two Pimp Butterfly, but they didn't hear it. They heard Damn. none of it. Mm -mm. So he had to go out and make an actual trap album. He had to go to Mike Will Made It and say, <laughs> give me Gucci's beats. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even. There's no rebuttal. Yeah. Right. Give me Gucci. Gucci main. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Burr. Burr. <laughs> so that I can say the same words that I said on this beautiful jazz funk melange. I'm going to say them over crunk trap beats in the <laughs> simplest language possible. Loyalty. The loyalty, most accessible. Loyalty. Yes, I'm going to grab Rihanna. Yeah. You better. Rihanna, literally the, the most popular outside of Taylor Swift, who Kendrick did a song with, by the way. Let's, let's mm. never forget that. Let's never forget Bad Blood. <laughs> you know, it happened. He got his number one out of it. It happens. It happens. It's a check. It's a check, kids. Cash they ca they you Cash go to the you checks. go to the bank, and you put it into the bank, Cash and it matures checks. and grows, and you could buy like houses and cars, and yeah. it's, it's a great thing. Checks cash, and checks are awesome. All right, Michelle. Yes. Your thoughts on 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 Kendrick winning the Pulitzer? What uh, what was your what was your what was the first thing that struck you when you when you heard that? I had to to open up the article and and see it because you know if if you follow me on social media, you know I it's it's rare that I I give more than one word. I just say read, love, <laughs> music, <laughs> stupid, <Yeah. laughs> uh, uh, things of that nature, yeah. and I wasn't ready to talk about it because just like you and and just like Marcus, I thought it was amazing. It was beautiful. Thank you for, you know, nominating him and, and, and selecting him as the winner, you know, for the culture is appropriate. But why didn't it happen to the previous album? Yeah. That album makes your soul quiver. That makes you say, Chad, I'm gonna eat them chitlins. <laughs> All of them. What's I went up? through. I went through a phase where I was like, literally, every time I would walk down the street, I would try to make sure that I walked to the cadence of King Kunta. Oh. Got to. <laughs> Got to. <laughs> Got to. Got to. Shout out. Shout out uh, to the payback. Oh, man, oh, do I love? I, I just yeah. King I mean, that, Kunta just that makes album, me smile. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that album is was a super game changer for me. You know, I mean, I I, I grew up a musician. I came to hip hop. A little bit later, like in like like in my college years, but in like high school, I mean, I you know, I grew up in in white midwestern suburbs. I was like into metal and blues and rock. I mean, I'm a guitar player. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you kind of have to start there usually, um, and and kind of came to hip hop when I got to college, and and, and you know, so so I, I I was instantly connected with the roots because they were you know a real live band. It wasn't sampling. I kind of went through that a real rap like, band. I kind of went through that you know um, initial phase that that I think a lot of people go through, and maybe it's just a lot of white people go through where it's like, why well, is just sampling and you know, singing and this and that? I mean, it was like very. I mean, I'm, we're talking like in in the '80s, um, and then you know I got 
wise to what was what was really going on. But I but 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 I connected with the Roots because there were there were musicians playing like real jazzy stuff, um, and 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 that was very much what To Pimp a Butterfly reminded me of the live musicians, and it was all musicians that I that I knew that I recognized guys like Robert Glasper and Thundercat. Um, uh, you know, and 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 Cameron Graves and Kamasi Washington, Terrence Terrence Martin, Miles um, Mosley, Miles Mosley. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so West Coast get down. Shout out to the West Coast. Okay, get so down. is this crazy? And you know, everybody that knows me, it's, it's always something that pops into my brain. So, listening the other day to to Pimp a Butterfly, and I went old school on it. I went back to Tupac. Holla if you hear me. Mm-hmm. That right there to me was and and you know, he said, you know, who's this album's dedicated to? We we've read the all conversation the conversation with Tupac at the end. That was so <laughs> I when I was listening to Holly If You Hear Me and and I'd really I'm not gonna say I'm the biggest Tupac fan, um, but there were certain songs of Tupac's that I, that that I loved. And yeah. that first album, Strictly for My Niggas, um, was a great album. And Holly If You Hear Me, that to me was just very much yeah the ode the songs the beat the you know the, the vocals on it the words that, that that were being expressed it just i don't know that's just me i just felt that you I'm, know they I'm go a, together I'm, a, I'm appreciative of the fact that the 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 Pulitzer committee recognized the art form that 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 is hip hop, and and I believe that they selected the correct representative right. of that art form, um, but I don't think that they I don't think that they gave the award for his his best work, um, and and I don't mean his best work lyrically. He, he's he everything that he does is strong lyrically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything that he does, and his flow is 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 impeccable. Like to me. You know, he's he's my favorite MC. I don't like to say the best. Who knows who's the best? He's my favorite MC in the game right now. Um, I'll, I'll say this about Kendrick. Although, although Cardi. Yeah. Oh no, no. I'll, I'll, I'm going to mention. I'm going to mention this. Um, if there's any one thing that Kendrick Lamar did across the board in hip hop, was that he brought back the necessity of words. Absolutely. Yeah. Even future. The, the quote-unquote mumble rapper mm. released an entire record. The second part of that double album involves words. Is that, the, is that the Hendrix one? Yeah, Hendrix. Yeah. Hendrix has words and, and complete sentences and full thoughts. That is not on my playlist. It's, it, should, it should be. <laughs> if you like Jodeci, it's a Jodeci album deep down inside of it. Really? I swear to God. Does that mean I have to listen yes, to it? it? Yes, it does. Does that mean I have to watch... Bachella too. Oops. Uh, you don't have to, but okay. that's okay. That's a whole different other conversation. Spoiler alert. But um Spoiler but alert. I think <laughs> that that's the thing. Like even Cardi B, the the yes. genius the genius of Cardi B's album is that again, there are full sentences and complete thoughts that are expressed by a woman in 2018. You better listen to all of Cardi B's album. It's Every hot. single it's song. Hot. Like Bickenhead has actual like (laughs) real like feminist theory in the song and you're just like and i'm like sitting there and i'm like wait so whatever writer sat with cardi and put this together is like aware of like audrey lord Mm -hmm. and is like Mm -hmm. really aware of like some high level feminist theory and it's like okay i'm gonna break this down into like 
Project Pat. It was beautiful. <laughs> it was beautiful. Which is yes. like, how? It was beautiful. But that's the thing about but that, to your point. Hip-hop is at a point where it's the most, do- and the Washington Post said it today too. Hip-hop is the, the, the lingua franca, the most dominant visual, verbal language, could, could, you know, creative language, mm-hmm. creative idiom, dominant creative idiom of our time. Yes. Yeah, agreed. So agreed. Project Pat is as important as like Voltaire. Think about that for a second. The Voltaire of 2018? Yeah, it's a wild thing to think about, but it's the truth. If, right. if this some is what of, we look at. Some yeah. of you all will have to Google that afterwards. Some will. Just some saying. will. <laughs> all right, we're going to take another short, short break uh, with some royalty-free jazz, I'm sure, in between. Um, when we come back, we're going to do our Bish sesh. Ow. Yeah. TBD, produced by One Love Massive. Uh, shout out to everybody at One Love Massive who makes this possible because this is this is a lot of fun. I'm enjoying this. They're amazing. Okay. So, this segment we like to call the Bish Sesh. Bish. The Bish Sesh. AKA, uh, let me tell you something. AKA, let me tell you something. Uh, the way we're the way we run this is we're each gonna do like a 30 second elevator pitch of our Bish, and then after that the Three of us are going to vote. Cannot vote for your own bish about which one we're going to talk about for the duration of the segment. And, you know, I guess if we run out, we can always run out of time, you know, run out of uh, things to say about a particular bish. We can always move on to the second place winner, I guess, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, Michelle. Ladies first. Start us off. Ooh, ladies first. Ladies first. Hey, I like that. I'm an alto. I have four, <laughs> I have four good You guys notes. are harmonizing there. <laughs> I get, I get, I can get the basso. Yeah, do that. <laughs> so I'm going to make it really simple um, for, for mine. And because I know that there's definitely something else that, that I wanted to talk about, but I, you know, we're, we're, we'll get to that. So there's a show called Dr. Phil. I do not watch it. And there was a young lady on said show, and I don't know her name, Danielle. Danielle Brigoli. Oh, yeah, her. Mm-hmm. She's got bad eyebrows. Um, and something about a cash me outside or yeah. whatever. I heard she just acts a fool all, all she, over the that's place. What she did. And so BBC News has stated that, um, you know, the, the report came out that she is now a award-nominated rapper. Bad Barbie. B-H-A-D Barbie. Oh, Lord. Okay, well, let me tell you something, bitch. <laughs> we will not, we will not impede on Cardi B and, <laughs> and how she rolled up at, at Coachella in honor of TLC. Looking amazing. Looking amazing. Yeah. Okay. While pregnant. While fully. Like all the way. All the way. Yeah. yeah. Baby is rumbling. There it is. Hey, so that's me this week. Uh, cash me outside. Um, how about that? How about that? There it is. Mm. Marcus. Okay. So, Treyon White, the, the, the city councilman from Washington, D.C., from the Great Ward 8. <laughs> wow. He's had some troubles. He's had some troubles. He's in a sunken place. I have no comment. Right now. I'm just putting that out there. I he's have, in a sunken place because <laughs> he, uh, he went to the Holocaust Museum today after <laughs> stating that the Rothschilds control the weather. Mm. For people who are unaware, the Rothschilds are a... Uh, Legendary Jewish banking dynasty that people, you know, in, in the black community, in the, the Woken Hotep community, <laughs> like the claim, have some kind of illicit control over the weather conditions. You said Hotep? Where's Dr. Umar? I mean, I'm just putting it out there. That's what it is. <laughs> so, so there's a Hotep somewhere in the Great War Eight. Oh, boy. That, that reached out to the Brother Treyon and explained to him who the Rothschilds are during a snowstorm. Oh, my and he goodness. went into the city council chamber, and he stated this. And so, you know, the, 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 40, the 48% of the nation's capital that is white uh, got really mad about this because, you know, you can't have, you know, random black people saying that the Rothschilds control the weather. Big mad, little mad. Exactly. So uh, he is. We went to the the Holocaust Museum today mm. to learn more about Jewish culture. I'm gonna, yes. hang, my, I'm gonna hang my head in shame. And and that's just the, this is where we are right now. Um, it's it's a rough time to be black in Washington D.C. Mm. And when there's people like this who say things like that in the middle of th- the street, you can't do that anymore. That's my that's my bitch about it. Yeah. You can't do this anymore. It used to be cool to do this when Marion Barry was the president. Well, it was the well, not the president? Was the, the president? <laughs> he was. He was president the president of DC. Of DC. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, he was the mayor of DC. You could say crazy things about white people because he was Marion Barry. He was a singularly charismatic figure that uh, the likes of which American politics would never see again. That's Uncle Marion. <laughs> but now mm. Marion's long since deceased. It is, is a statue. Yeah. You, you can't say these things. And so he's going to take a lot of L's. Okay. And these L's are going to directly affect African Ameri- the African-American community of Washington, D.C., of which I am a member, a proud member, and especially as an African-American male. And it's, just, it's just frustrating. So that's mine. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, my bish for the week. Um, for those people who don't know, uh, uh, 
My mother uh, was born in Havana, Cuba. My father is Bronx, New Yorican. So I got uh, I got I got Puerto Rican in my blood and 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 um, and I feel I feel for the island of Puerto Rico right now. I I know it's been a tough time ever since Hurricane Maria. It's been, what, six months. Um, They were just I think had just gotten to a a point where like, you know, most of the island, like 80 percent of the island had power again after literally months. And we just had um, a island wide. Uh, a power outage, uh, and it's and it's beyond me how how one incident can knock out power to an entire island of like think I think about three million people. Yeah, but it did, and and to me it's just it's emblematic of of the fact that there was never any kind of a vigorous response from our government, our federal government. You know, Big Don um, shot mad three-pointers with, with, with paper he towels, did. man. He's, 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 it, was, it was piss poor and it was disgusting. It was, it's disgusting. It's, it was Steve Kerr out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. He, he, Dan Marley. You know, for a man his age, I will say he showed good form. Uh, he had kind of a quick release yeah. on the three, but... Um, yeah, he's done some quick releases before. <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> And there it is. There and there it is. And there it is. All this, right. This is water, people. This this is water. This is yeah. Turned. No, we haven't we haven't we haven't hit the uh, we haven't hit the uh, the champagne just yet. Ew. So all right, Pop let's champagne. take votes. Let's take votes. Which Puerto bitch? Rico? Ho. That's what we're doing. All right. I guess I don't have to vote. We're going to talk Puerto Rico. I wanted to continue that point and speak about the fragility of the power grid. Yeah. In Puerto Rico. Um, it's a thing that people have to think about. It's it's the most frustrating part of this whole story. So you could tell people that the island has power. But you could also have a really weak electrical grid, which I presume they do, because their electrical grid was largely wiped out by Maria. That's the thing. Yeah. That's the biggest part of the Maria story that doesn't get told. To be sure, to be sure, the infrastructure, the electrical infra- infrastructure on the island, a lot of infrastructure on the island, not just electrical, was in shambles. Right. And so when a... Massive because because Puerto hurricane. Rico was already broke. Yeah. People have to like I, 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 when when you talk about Puerto Rico, people have to like understand there is a territory of the United States of America that owed the country money. Yeah, that's the story. Mm-hmm. Well, had they been a state, they could have or, or or some kind of municipality, they could have filed for bankruptcy the way Detroit did, the way other right. municipalities have done. Which is which is, but that, that's still that's the way where, the state of Illinois probably will have right. to at some point. That's where we're at. In America right now, there's a territory that's a significant territory. It's Puerto Rico. Yeah. It's a beautiful place. Yeah. It is. And they're already broke. And so their infrastructure across the board, from, from like water to electricity to whatever, it's already declining. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then a, 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 an, an act of God wipes out the island. So therefore, you know that like the electricity and the water, all these things are, are going to be completely wiped out to a level where, like, it's going to take at least five years to get it straight again. Mm-hmm. And we're in barely year one yeah. of this. And and this is going to happen multiple times here. Like, as sad and as frustrating as that is, we could have this conversation, like, six more times. Yeah. Because yeah. you can't, you have to, like, to rebuild that grid requires a level of, like, electrical planning that's like the same as like Benjamin Banneker planning Washington D.C. Well, mm-hmm. we should have never stopped talking about Puerto Rico. Yeah, that that, that brown people, yo. The, 
<laughs> Ian, you That's know. Real. That's real. I mean, let's go back to when Obama was voted into office. Y'all went to sleep the next day, but that's another podcast for another time. Mm. Um, What happened to we were so contained and so involved with what was going on in Puerto Rico and Jose Andres just. God bless him. God bless that man. God bless that man. And his great, amazing food and spirit and just everything. I will patronize his restaurants till the day I die. Chicano is my favorite of, restaurant in the city. Absolutely. Hands down. Could somebody put some money on my cash app so I can go? <laughs> uh, Michelle Bush. Okay, anyway. Um, you got to get that grok, that grok level and put it on your like you know, mm-hmm. your, 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 your social media. I, yeah, I'm going to do that. Do that. Yeah. With a little Bitcoin, too. Yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it just it disturbs me. Every time we have something like this, and, and it's a Kanye moment. You don't care about the black people. Yeah, you don't. You don't. You don't. You don't care about the people that aren't like you. Aren't like you. And we can be real clear. We're looking at the man that dropped several of his friends from the administration. Oh, you're not like me, Steve Bannon. You must go. So, but it was you know. Oh, you're the the most amazing. You'll be the best for the position. What happened? Why did we stop talking about it? Because of who's in office. Here comes the next story, here comes the next session, and we're like, Puerto Rico, still, power. Why weren't we paying attention to, okay, structure needs to be built. How do we bring this in? Mm-hmm. Is And I wanna know, is was the Akon story really true that they diverted him because he was gonna come in with power grids and everything? Akon I, did it in Africa. Correct. He did it, but okay. Correct. So, so I feel like the thing with the Trump administration is that they always need a big ugly. <laughs> and it, I mean, this, the, the thing is with the Trump administration is he that is there's ugly. Have you seen his he's, hair? He's a big guy too, but he was, but he's somehow only two hundred thirty-five pounds. Uh, yeah, and yeah. so am I. <laughs> but you are though. I'm cute. And you, and you, you, cute. you carry it so well. Cute and fluffy. I love it. Thank I love you. it. He doesn't. He doesn't carry it well. But no. But I'm. <laughs> but I'm saying so. Like. In every administration, there's a big ugly. That's like a, that's a rule of American politics that we never discussed. Right. I mean, Obama hit many of them. Like as much as we love Obama, yeah. he had many big uglies. So you keep a big ugly around. In the case that like things go to like complete shit, insofar as like the court of public opinion towards you, you could just point at the big ugly, yeah. and everybody's head will turn. And Puerto Rico, being largely left without power is the perfect big ugly. So the second that they actually get the story, the actual Stormy Daniels information, and it's like proven true, and like they have like the, the offshore Bahamian account that they could point to and say, it's right here at this bank, and wherever, you know. Well, we know it's, in, it's not in Puerto Rico. Right, <laughs> exactly. So they'll, and then at that point, they'll turn and Donald Trump will fly to Puerto Rico from Mar-a-Lago yeah. and mm-hmm. throw up more three-pointers. Yeah, well, it was a nice form. It was a nice form on his three-point shot. I thought he, um, I thought he set his feet, squared his shoulders, exactly. Quick release, uh, and the paper towels. I think went generally where, I was where he wanted them to go. I was hoping that somebody was going to throw the paper towels back at them. Yeah. So, so here's like here's, a shoe. <laughs> oh, we're so. gonna, we gonna leave the bushes alone. <laughs> <laughs> I know in their time. Of, in their, in time. their time of grief. Yeah, oh, in their time of grief. Old, so. bush. old pearly. She old pearly. Ninety two. Ninety two. She done gone on to glory. All right, damn, all right. Damn. Puerto Rico. So here's my here's my complaint is 
it seems to me like, okay, the infrastructure on the island was bad. It got wiped out by, you know, a, a really kind of like a once in a generation storm. Um, that seems to me like the perfect opportunity to say, let's make it good. Let's invest. Let's throw everything that we can into this island. Because if it, if it had been Florida, if it had been Texas, um, we certainly would have done the same. I think since New Orleans, there's kind of a sense that there, maybe there's not so much, but, but I'd like to think that there was a sensitivity since New Orleans to, to you know, doing these things to actually, to actually help people. Um, and so, you know, when I put this, when I put this on social media, I got, and, and, and I do have many, many, many beloved friends and family who are conservatives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't, I don't disown them and I don't defriend them or anything like that. Give them the old but, karate chop. But I, but I, but I started getting a lot of sort of like the, 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 the ham fisted arguments for why it's not really the... F- federal government's fault that that Puerto Rico's fucked up and it's like well you know if it was in Texas and Florida you know we could get the trucks there but you can't really get the trucks to Puerto Rico and it's just like didn't we put a fucking man on the moon hmm. no we did didn't we I'll, start I'll tell you what it is didn't we start an entire uh didn't we build a green zone in Iraq which is functionally like a small city yeah I'll uh, tell you what it is you know what it is we do plenty of projects we do plenty of projects around the globe where we build and rebuild and modernize things like there's no excuse for not, you know, have it, it, it's it, had there been the will, it would have been done. And there simply was not the will. It's not even a will. You know what it is? Return on investment. investment. ROI. Where is the ROI in Puerto Rico? If you put something there that's a, a sustainable good, the people can't buy it. That's the problem. And there's not a business, there's not a conservative businessman in America, or even a liberal businessman in America, who's going to go at this point to Puerto Rico and stand to take a loss. Mm. Because look at the strength of the American dollar right now. The answer to this whole question, by the way, is this the first second that Donald Trump decides to pull the, the warning trigger and talk to Jack Ma and talk to Alibaba or talk to the guys at Tencent or talk to any of those like, you know, giant Chinese conglomerates that have trillions of dollars and says, yep. hey, you have a whole island country. If you rebuild the infrastructural grid, you can build widgets there for 100 million years mm-hmm. at, less, at, at literally pennies on a dollar. And that's the, that's the final thing to me. That's the final thing that you pull. That's the final lever that gets pulled because you can build in Puerto Rico, you could put you could literally build in the entire middle of America. So I'll I'll buy little widget factories. I'll buy the economic argument only so far because we're not we're not we're not talking about about rebuilding the island's economy. That's that's a whole separate issue and, and one that I agree uh, has to be discussed. But at this point, we're talking about basic human but, rights. But where are you going to get from the money? A Western, from a Western country. I right. mean, this is why we have a federal government. Right, but where are you going to get why the money have, from? These are, not quest, these are not questions that we would be putting if it was Miami. If we're, it was... We're $20 trillion in debt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what are we going to do? Hasn't, that hasn't stopped anybody yet. $20 trillion in debt, if Houston was underwater, uh, does get, not make... It'd get fixed. Does not. I mean, they're, they're, sell, they're selling. It's not the argument that carries. They're selling away. million dollar homes at ninety percent discounts in Houston right now. That's where Houston's at. What What did the the resorts and the and the hotel owners say? Have they come out 
and said anything besides money, 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 money? Yes, that's all they could say. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's a cost-benefits analysis at this point. It's sad. Yeah. It is. It is very sad. It is very sad. It's sad for me to see what's going on because I, you know, I used to spend summers um, in Puerto Rico with family, um, and those are some of my, my, my best, best childhood memories. Um, I learned how to scuba dive at age 10. Uh, my, my, my godfather taught me how. I mean, I think you couldn't, you couldn't even get licensed to scuba dive until you were 14, so it was like a big deal. Like, oh, he's teaching me how to scuba dive. I'm not even 14 yet. You know, and it was, uh, you know, but in pristine, crystal clear waters on the south side um, of the island, and my, my cousins lived directly across the street from the El San Juan Hotel, so we used to just, like, roll up in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we were the only locals, or actually, I think my cousins may have kind of used me a little bit to be like, no, he's guest here. <laughs> I just like uh, the Ponderosa that's down there. It's good. It's good. Yes, yes. So Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico. Get that shit together. I don't want to bish about this anymore. anymore. Let's get it together. These are basic human rights, and these are American citizens who are suffering uh, as a result. We got anything to tie a bow around it, around our our, our bish session? Yeah. Not really. All right. I, well then. Well, I don't know. I, I mean, Puerto Rico is 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 heavy. It's really heavy. It's, it's like really heavy. The yeah, hardest conversation to have. But we I'll, haven't. We but haven't. I will tell you, these these council members in the city, y'all better get it together. <clears throat> Shout out to Treyon. You're in the sunken place, dog. <laughs> mm, You're mm-hmm. in the real for real sunken place. Mm, mm-hmm. And you that's know, the get, and that's the Great credit. Ward Eight. And and this is, and this though. and I think this is where certain people are are biting their nails. They're like Michelle is gonna say something, and and you know how I feel about, but we're not going to get into it. Puerto Rico, you, you are heavy on my heart. Yes. D.C. council members, y'all hey. need to get that shit together. La Isla Bonita. All right. That's it. We're going to uh, take another break, and Last when we come back, we're going to pop this bottle of champagne. Yes, our favorite thing. On air. Yes. Pop champagne. Everybody's coming in. We're all, uh, we're all popping champagne here for Marcus's 40th. We're living it up on TBD, D.C. TBD. Thanks.
And we're back. Welcome back to DC TBD. As we've said many times over the show, today is uh, Mr. Marcus K. Dowling's 40th birthday. We've been selling him out 
by telling everybody it's his 40th. <laughs> yeah, I mean, welcome, it is my 40th. Welcome to the club. Welcome, welcome to, the, to club. the club. I so agree. Club. So we got a, uh, a bottle of champagne. We're going to celebrate on air. We're going to have everybody here in the room is going to have, we're going to do a little champagne toast. We got my man EU sitting here. Ron Brown's coming us. hottest in America. Hey, hey, <laughs> killing, hey. Just killing, killing the scene and... What a gangster lane. You, Thank you. No, seriously, this guy, Sir Yu, is one of my actual favorite MCs in the city right now. No doubt. Um, no doubt. I'm, I'm proud to have you at the table, man, young I'm man. I'm proud to be at the table. I'm excited to learn about you. So I used to bartend, so I got, I got this shit. This guy, this guy, I will tell you about Yu. Ow, my He eye. rapped for 25 straight hours at Uptown Art House. Wow. That's this the guy. Shit. That's wow. the shit right there. I'm impressed. Yeah. I'm glad. Is that on video? How much? How much of how much of, how much of that was like partially written, and how much of that was not partially written? I would say seventy percent of the time I freestyled, and thirty percent of the time I was like maybe twenty-five percent at a time I was doing my songs, and other five percent some weird mix of improvisation and premeditated songs. Cool. How has that affected your writing process? I want to make sure that people know about you because what you did is amazing. Yeah. How did that affect your creative process that after you do that? Um, one like, thing that I'm yeah. having trouble with, um, I grew up like really believing, I still, I, I'm more skeptic of it now, but I grew up really believing that like when somebody posts a freestyle, when Eminem posts, well, when I would be on LimeWire and other illegal- Rap, rap, rap Olympics you know, freestyles? Yeah, I would, I would think these things were really freestyles, were really like- at the job of a dime, they just decided to just, you know, create this shit right. and stuff like that. So growing up, my whole ethic was like just pushing myself to be able to be as good on wax as I am creating it off top. So doing that at the 25-hour performance was like a testament to that. But since then, it's been like I have... I've been retraining myself to be able to write as well as I freestyle, I think, or at least as um, consistently potent. Yeah, so what are, what are you reading right now? Um, I don't know if my attention span is <laughs> fucked, but I never really, it's real hard for me to read anything other than excerpts. Like, there's this book called um, Love is a Dog from Hell. I've yeah. been checking that out. It's by Charles Bukowski. Oh. <sighs> Um, I'm so amazed by this young man right now. Great. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that and um, I don't know. There was this introduction to this book called I think Dixie is Burning, okay, or something. Mm -hmm. But that it talked about concepts like um, messianic times in which somebody just has to step up and really go against the grain, and it's not really a part of recorded history, but it sets up. You know, it's just like a moment of rebellion in which somebody's just like, right, it's the vacuum. Know, yeah, yeah. So tell us what you got coming up. Yeah. Um, I'm doing a show tomorrow on the Grindstone back patio. I really like to do like community events where anybody can come. Excellent. I don't Excellent. like to charge, but um, I also have a performance in Philadelphia on the 21st of April. Where at? For, um, for, for our viewers in Philadelphia. Well, I, I think digitally it's undisclosed. Ah, so, okay. you know, mm -hmm. whoever's listening and cares, I'll find a way to make the address known to you. Very good. Beautiful. And Very in May, good. I'm in Songbird. At, well, a couple of times. But on May 2nd, I'll be performing with a guy named Coma Cinema. He's from Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah. Beautiful, Beautiful place. Fantastic. Fantastic. 
we're glad to have you here on DC TVD. Normally, this is the segment of the show where we would talk about my favorite thing that I saw this week. We would each go around the table, talk about my favorite thing we saw this week. I already talked I about figured mine. It was, it, it was going to be Beyonce for each of us. I, I assume Beyonce, who? Beyonce, Beyonce. Wait, 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 wait. Rihanna? Whoa, whoa. Who? <laughs> Rihanna? The only thing. Rihanna? Oh, y'all don't know. <laughs> I don't Re, do. Re, Rihanna? I don't know. Then, Solange? Shout, then, shout out to what she did for the HBCU. No, that was that was that's the one I mean, thing I will say. But she did a she beautiful did thing for the HBCU community. Yeah, but mm-mm. so yeah. this week it's still Cardi B. <laughs> thank thank you, Ian, for not putting the words in my mouth. <laughs> All right. All right. Be careful. That's what I get. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. But but when I realized that today uh, for our inaugural DC TVD was Marcus's birthday, I thought you know we're gonna have to (laughs) we're gonna have to do a little uh, we're gonna have to do a little toast here. So we got Mike and Nick and toast. Yeah. Toast. New toast. So many many more, my friend. Continue being beautiful. Oh, thank you, my dear. Fellas. Chin, chin. Cheers. Our, our folks behind the scenes are killing it tonight. Ah, yes. Oh, the, who picked this out? That's My t- wife picked it out. She called me and she's Thank like, you. hey, I'm going to stop off at Total Wine. I was like, oh, perfect. Uh-oh, you're messing <laughs> stuff it's, up. It's, he it's didn't wild had, out here. He didn't oh, have yeah. one sip. <laughs> messing it up. is, it is. There it is. But, so, um, yeah, thank you for this. Um, my pleasure. My yeah, I'll, pleasure. I'll, just, I'll just add this. Um. Yeah, I've known everybody. Speech. I've known everybody in this room for at least five years. Um, the past ten years of my life have like changed my entire arc of my existence. When I was thirty, when I turned thirty, I was at Tattoo Bar, and I almost I drank an entire bottle of Grand Marnier because <laughs> I had no idea what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. You gonna make me cry. That's, that's, so it seemed that's like a, it, it seemed so it seemed <laughs> like a good time to stop. Yeah. Um, I can honestly say that at various points, the things that people in this room support, or people in this room as individuals, have been incredibly important to sustaining me and getting me to forty. So thank you to everybody, even to the listeners as well. God bless you. Appreciate everybody. That's you're beautiful. Gonna, you're gonna that make is, me cry. That 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 is that is beautiful. Um, you know, I can I can say uh, uh, every time, every time you and I have had a conversation, I've walked away. Just been like, yeah, man, that, that's 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 a different take than I expected, <laughs> uh, and it, and and it makes sense. It Thank makes you. sense. I, you know, you you always blast out a bunch of articles in the morning. Like like people wake up. And they checked. They checked their phone to see what what Trump tweeted overnight. No, like, I checked like, to see what Marcus. I checked to see. I checked to see what Marcus is. Yeah. Marcus is hip and everybody. It's always it's yeah. always lit. The hours of the hours between five and seven a.m. seven thirty a.m. In, in my home, in my bed. That's what I need to do is start waking up at 5 a.m. and it's, start being productive. It's it's lit. It's, it's rough because I'm doing gym sessions at six a.m. It's so he his articles have have gotten me through. Um, at 5 a.m. when my 10-month-old daughter is waking up, I'm I'm putting the pacifier back in her mouth. I'm like, sleep till 7. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just give me till 7. I yeah. mean, I'm just so appreciative to our good friend Geronimo. Yo, um, shout out to G. Shout out to G. Um, for kind of putting us in the same space. G made this happen. G yes. made this happen, Ian. 
So if you don't understand, I don't know if you understand no, the backstory of this. No, okay, so Geronimo up. Collins. Uh, Geronimo Collins is a podcaster. All the Fly All kids. the Fly Kids, which originated oh, I know. Yeah, I, from I, the One Love Massive Creative Factory. Um, not the Lion Hotel. Um, I've known Geronimo for 10 years. And uh, Geronimo was like person number three I met when I saved my life by getting invo- invested into local community cultures writ large worldwide. Once you puked up that bottle of Grand Marnier. Yo, I really did that. <laughs> I know you did. April, April 20th, 2008 was one of the hardest days of my life on multiple levels, let me tell you. Yeah, just just ben, orange, orange just yeah, pouring out of my pores. Ben I know, I know, I know. So that. in any event, G had told me about Michelle. <laughs> and I was like, yo, you got to meet this person. And, I, and I'm thinking it was on like a social level initially. And I was like, oh, okay. I was dating someone at the time, but I'm like, all right, <laughs> gee, you must know better than me. So, okay, cool. I knew somebody was going to like this fluff one day. Uh. And then it was like, and then I was like, oh, okay. And then she's like, no, like you two are the most like intelligent political minds I know. And you two should do a podcast together. And for whatever reason, it never happened. Just mm-hmm. time, space, place, whatever. And and since that point, you know, like Michelle, I still I still love you, by the way. Thank you. I do. Still, you're beautiful. Oh, yeah. love you know. You. Thank you. So, <laughs> in any event, when you said that you wanted to do this political podcast, and then Molly's like, "Yeah, let's do this," it was like, "Okay, I have to do it because this thing has been <laughs> in the works for like 18 months." Wow, I did not know that. So you're you're the recipient of what is 18 months of time, effort, space, and place colliding. And shout out to G for knowing that this would work. Yeah. And shout out to you for just doing what you do. And Absolutely. And, and being well, able you. to, like, you, you know, pull this all together. So I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell a quick funny story. Because, uh, uh, you know, I had this politics pod. I had the insert name. I had the insert name uh, here podcast going. And, and, you know, that when Scott got busy, that sort of, like, fell, you know, fell by the wayside and I've been wanting to, to get it going and I was like, you know, I talked to Marcus after uh, one of our chunky glasses recording them, uh, and I was like, we got to get this going. We got to get this going. And he's like, yes, yes. I said, I think we need a uh, female POC host. <laughs> <laughs> no, like real talk. And it was real funny because again, it was like, yes, <laughs> of course, so, of course. So, so Marcus is like, yes, Michelle Bush. I'm like, okay, good, good. We've got so so we've got a name. Let's you know let's let's go with that. And then I tell I'm talking to Molly here one day, and and I'm like, yeah, I really want to get this going. She's like, yes, you have to do it. I'm like, Marcus is on board. She's like, oh, that sounds great. I said, I want a female POC host. It's like Michelle Bush. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> I think actually I was recording uh, the Pasteurized Chefs show upstairs, and and I was on like this this Facebook thing, and Molly's like, yes, let's get this on, let's get this, let's get this going, and I said, yeah, we just need female POC host. I post, and 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 then all of a sudden, like Marcus <laughs> emails me, and Molly emails me, something like, um, Michelle's actually on the the chain, <laughs> the, no, the, the email chain. I'm like, oh my god, what, honey, I sweetie, do? dumpling, sugar pie, love my I life. You I... are beloved. <laughs> Oh my God! And you don't understand this, but you are beloved. Y'all so I, are, I feel like this was all are, faded. This was all faded to yeah. happen. Y'all are really gonna make me cry now. <laughs> just saying, you are beloved. You know, so I, I, just I am, I'm, I'm beyond honored, grateful, just everything. Um, G, G and I have had so many conversations since 2000. Well, actually, to 2010. Yeah, and. We just had a, a conversation recently, and and I'll be very honest that 
I love my city. Native Washingtonian. Yes. I have fought. I have done a lot in the background, things that people don't know about. And someone told me a couple months ago that I really needed to be quiet. Mm-hmm. And I needed to be quiet because Lobby. of... Um, no, definitely not <laughs> you. Um, you know, I, I, I have people in certain places and that I needed to be quiet. And I was like, you know what? That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You know, I had somebody say that, you know, she's not worth any time. Guess what? I'm worth all the time. I'm worth all the time because I put my worth into what I do. I I love you guys. We've just met. We connected. I'm going to talk this talk. I'm going to walk this walk. You don't like it. I'm sorry. This is how the world is going today. And you can find another you can find another podcast. You can find another podcast, but I'm I want you to come to this podcast because over this time we're going to talk about everything. Yep. And anything. And it has to be talked about because we're looking at our society and it's just drifting away. I mean, I said Trayon White is in a sunken place. He's, and that was episode one. He's in a sunken place. <laughs> that's that's real. And I'm telling you, it's people right now that are watching. But you can out. pull yourself out. He's got. And he can. He can pull himself out. Yeah. And shout out to Molly because Molly is watching right now. But I just I want to interject this prior to because the the guys saw me as my eyes lit up. Thank you all for the for the beautiful words. But um, two minutes ago, Comey memo. Trump said that. Trump said that Putin told him. We have some of the most beautiful hookers in the world. It literally, wow. literally exactly what I said. <laughs> exactly <laughs> what I said. Like that literally that's this exactly is news, what I this said. This is news breaking on the show. News on breaking. The show. This I, is this I is told, what I was talking about. I about told, all the salacious bits. Fucking we need like CN, CNN. <laughs> so, so if I if I hadn't been running in here late, uh thanks for whoever opened the door for me. No, but um I'm gonna have up my 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 uh, Goldie. See, if anybody knows Goldie. Me, Goldie, the Mac. Goldie. Um, that's what I call my baby. I'm gonna have her up because you know, it's, it's stuff like this. When I tell you I'm all things district of the Columbia, when I'm the owner and founder of Event Solutions and that I am all things social media, baby, this stuff comes up on my phone. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Oh, wow. Body rolling on this political game. That's exactly yes. right. That's exactly right. Put it on a T-shirt. Mm. <laughs> Winner. That's you, boo. Boom. Out you. Boom. All right. So we're wrapping it up. We're wrapping yes, yes. it up. I, I'm, and, and I apologize. Did you have anything you wanted to um, add yes. to... By all means, by all means. Because I, I know that was a lot for you right there. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't too much, you know. Like, it's real good. It gives me um, hope for humanity that I can foster. Yes. Real strong connections. Love it, love it, love You know? It. Good. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to say that I thought and think that a lot of Beyonce's recent publicity stunts mm. are very ingenuous. <laughs> and I don't no. appreciate ah. the sudden, sudden... um. Not what prioritization. I expected. Not what I expected, but Just that's from, what we're, that's from what we're here for. I was for. sitting, you know. All right, all right. And if I see any of y'all out in the streets with them booty shorts on and boots. No, I want those, uh, like those those sparkly translucent boots. I'm if a, anybody's rocking those this weekend at Decades I'm, Nightclub. I'm coming to your Saturday party. night. I'm coming to that event I want the, with I those want boots the on. I mean, I but you can. You, you, you can. I'll, I'll lose my shit if you do that. <laughs> 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 it's, it's, it's all at that point. <laughs> We should all just invest in some. Just, <laughs> I don't know. Share our accounts. A community, our a community pair. A community yeah. pair. Sisterhood of the traveling. Well, 
what is it? Yeah, fraternal the fraternal order of the traveling boots. <laughs> of the traveling translucent boots. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. I like him. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> this is good. This is good. I, I, my church members are watching. Uh, hey, hey, y'all. Shallow yo. Baptist in the house. Yo, you go to shallow. Of course, of course you go to of shallow. Course. Of course, of course. Of course, I go to shallow. Damn, girl. I love love my shallow. So. HBCU <laughs> council and all that. I know I'm supposed to be working on a flyer right now, but. Okay, wrap it all up. All right. This has been this has been a lot of fun. And I'm glad we got I'm glad we got the great Sir EU yes, on yes. on our inaugural podcast. Thank you for being on. Marcus, you, happy birthday. Michelle, Marcus. Thanks. To all of our crew back here. Thank Thanks, you guys. guys. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, we look forward to it. Check us out next week. And you can watch this on YouTube and other venues. Y'all be blessed. Happy there birthday, Marcus. Hey. <laughs> There it is.